I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. It's alive! It's alive! What's your favorite scary movie? We all go a little mad sometimes. Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! This is my boomstick! Hi, creatures. I am Pinna Palmer. And I'm Grim Grinning Gabby. And welcome back to our kind of new podcast. Oh, oh. whose phone is that? It's my Who? laptop. Clearly, we're unprepared. <laughs> I didn't know my sound was on. I'll be sure to turn my phone off. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your phones away and make sure it's on silent for this podcast episode. <laughs> so sorry, that was my boyfriend. My bad. My bad. Text him back. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be like, what the? <laughs> Doop a doop. Here we go. <laughs> go away. Leave me alone. Never see me again. <laughs> Delete me from your life. Go away. I can't do that. This is what he gets for ruining the podcast. Then he'll call and be like, yo, what? I can't even do a Boston. I can't do Boston. Boston. That's where he's from, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Who gives a So, creatures, we have an interesting podcast for you today. As you guys have noticed, we're on, not on video like we said we would be not on, not <laughs> on video. <laughs> Idiot! We're not doing a vlogcast. We're just doing a, a traditional podcast like we said yes. on our Instagram. Yes. So, <laughs> technically, this is our first podcast. <laughs> Guys, thank you for coming to our first podcast. We're very mm-hmm. excited. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> On this episode of the podcast, we're talking about what, Gabby? Horror hosts. Ooh. That's a hard Horror hosts. Yeah. It- Why is that so hard to say? For me, I want to say whore because I have problems whore. with R's. Horror. It's just such an R's ugly name. Hard. Ugly word. Horror. Horror. Sounds like I could say it if I'm a pirate. Mm. That works. We're talking about horror hosts today. Which ones? uh, The first ones that came. What are horror hosts now? Where did they first begin? And we're just want to kind of dissect into who they are and what they did and who is our favorites. Clearly, I think we all know who mine is. But Elvira, mistress of the dark. There are others that touch my soul a little bit, I, I'm not gonna lie, and there are some that you guys may not have ever heard of before, so we will try to give you a little history lesson on that. That was nice. Thanks. If we have a pun or some kind of joke, what do we do, Gabby? <gasps> there we go. You know, I like it. Rim shot. Rim job. <laughs> Another pun. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Let's start from the beginning. We're going to let Sarah take it. Sarah, I feel like a distro. Hey, Sarah. Yes. Why don't you take it away? <clears throat> yeah. Um, Sarah, how did horror... <laughs> that word I, I honestly don't know how horror hosts came to be. I'm glad we're doing this. Excellent. I don't. I have no idea of the history of that at all. I don't know. I just know they're there. <laughs> I, I think they were... If I, I'm, I'm going to make a guess. Okay. okay. I'm okay. going to make a guess while you look it up. Okay. Here's my guess of how they kind of started. I think the dawn of B-horror movies 
kind of kicked up. And when that started kicking up, you know, like, uh, life finds a way <laughs> kind of a thing mm -hmm. to the point where I think people started to get used to horror movies and almost make fun of them. I think they got more ridiculous as time went on and then a subculture grows beneath it. And so I think those double features started happening and then maybe it derived also from vaudeville. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming somewhere along there and terrible B movies to the point where you couldn't help but just make fun of him. So somebody just took the lead and just filmed it. What's the verdict? Um, so nothing with vaudeville. Well, you know what? I'm just going to go shoot myself now. No, 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 no. I need you. <laughs> Here we go. No! <laughs> I knew her well. So essentially it just started coming from um, Screen Gems, released a bundle of old universal horror movies to syndicated television, naming it Shock. Uh, they encouraged a use of hosts for broadcast. So to get these movies out for people to watch them and not be so spooky, mm -hmm. they added hosts to bring them in, reel them in. Come on down! So that way they would watch these movies. On people's own televisions at home. Yes. Because this was a new thing, too. Yeah. In the 19, early 50s. Mid, okay, so like early 50s to what, like 60s, we had like the dawn of true mm -hmm. television and nighttime. Yeah. Late night hosts. Yeah. So it was shock theater. And then they just kept releasing things. And Creature Features was another film package they released mm -hmm. in the 60s. They needed someone to bring people in. And that's when we come across our first ever horror host. Who was that, Sarah? Me. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you I look really am good. I 100 years old. <laughs> no, it was Vampira. A vampire pop band. And her yeah. original name is Maria Nermi, who was a pinup model, actress, I think... God, I don't even know what else she did, but how did she come up with the character Vampire again? She was at a costume party, wasn't she? She was at a costume party, uh, I believe it was her husband at the time. She liked Mrs. Adams from The New Yorker. Which was the Adams, Adams family. family. Morticia didn't have a name until the TV series in the 60s. She was how just, dare they? Right? It was rude. Just Mrs. Adams. So she liked how she looked, and with, I believe it was with her husband... Someone's gonna be like, you're wrong. You're so wrong on you. Oh, well. That's fine. Um, they created the character Vampira, and there was a producer there that was like, hey, hmm. I like her. This is great. You should keep doing this. And I think her husband or boyfriend came up with the name of, like, instead yes, of Morticia or whatever, you're gonna be Vampira. Yes. That's the name. And it kind of just went on from there. Mm hmm. She actually paraded around town in this outfit. Yes, to get people to really be like, what is mm -hmm. that? And follow her. She was very smart when it came to marketing Vampira. She was born December 11th, 1922 from Gloucestershire, Gloucester, Massachusetts. <laughs> Nailed it. Mm -hmm. My boyfriend's going to kick me. He's like, I've told you this name several times. Mae West fired her from a Broadway show because she was afraid that she was going to upstage her. So Mae West said, you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> You can't, you can't be better than me. I mean, she was quite a sensation. Then she went on KB, KNBC for the first time for those late night horror hosts was Vampira, this gorgeous looking pinup kind of character that had these weird, quirky kind of puns. Something of a deadpan comedian. And as we know, she was in the Ed Wood movie, not as Vampira, but very, very similar looking outfit. Mm -hmm. Most people know her, I think, from that damn Ed Wood movie. Vampira? Ed Wood here. The idea for Vampira character was born in 1953 when Nermi, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, real confident mm -hmm. in that, attended choreographer Lester Horton's annual Bal Carby Masquerade. Masquerade! 
in a costume inspired by Morticia Adams, Muscular New Yorker. Her appearance with the pale, white skin and tight black dress caught the attention of television producer Hunt Stromberg Jr., hmm. who wanted to hire her to host horror movies on Los Angeles television, KABC. But Stromberg had no idea how to contact her. Hmm. So he got her number from somebody? Oh, he got her number from somebody. <laughs> um, he got her he number got her from digit. somebody. It cut off. Oh, Rudy Gurnich? Rudy Tootie. Rudy Tootie, fresh and fruity, who later is the designer of topless swimsuit. I don't know. Look that up, guys. I don't know what that is. Oh, wait. A topless swimsuit? Yeah. So just no swimsuit. This is bottoms. Oh. Just bottoms? Yeah, it's a mockini. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. Oh, well, anybody who is interested, please look up topless swimsuits yeah this guy he i don't know he wasn't onto anything but he invented something yeah not revolutionary just lazy nermi's characterization was influenced by the dragon lady from the comic strip terry and the pirates, pirates. and the evil queen from disney's snow white and seven dwarfs oh the eyebrows make sense a little who was also originally drawn after uh joan crawford no wire pirates. evil oh. queen was was based off of joan crawford Vampire is just an amalgamation of so many things. On April 30th, 1954, Dig Me Later, Vampira premiered at 11 p.m. And then it became The Vampire Show, mm-hmm. which premiered on May 1st, 1954. I mean, her series was only on the air for a year. Right, but she still continued as herself. and Yeah, she still did little things and bits here and there. Then she like quit the kind of like the business and was like sewing and then doing like linoleum tile i heard yeah she did something like that where she was carpentry carpentry work and linoleum because go for it why not why not yeah by 1962 nermi was making a living installing linoleum flooring Mm. and if things are slow in linoleum i can also do carpentry make drapes or refinish furniture she told the los angeles times wow oh jack of all trades a jack-o'-lantern of all trades pun okay yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. She really gained big fame, too, when she was caught hanging out with James Dean at a couple locations. You're tearing me apart! And then when James Dean did die, a lot of people blamed Vampira because some people actually thought she was, like, a real witch or some what? kind, that she put a curse on him. They blamed her for killing James Dean. That was literally a thing in title in a couple newspapers back in the day. So it kind of almost ruined her career as well. But yeah, you can find pictures of her and him at like a Halloween party or something. And he's, I think, dressed as the Invisible Man. I can't see it. Or huh. his attempt at the Invisible Man. <laughs> or he just had bandages. He got in a fight. That sounds about right for him. Yeah, but yeah. I would like to curse somebody. I know you would. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Which? If Vampira was the queen of horror hosting, uh, this guy would be the king. Uh, John Zacherly. Uh, his horror host was known as Zacherly, but this time with a Y. Z A C H E R L Y. With a Z, with Y, with Y, with Z, with Z. Oh, good evening. Good evening. Zacherly here. He also had two other names. It was Roland and the Cool Girl. Oh, just choose one, for Christ's sake. He had to fit. It's like wrestlers. You had to find the right character in order for you to get that push. And Zacherly was what he got that push from. Even though the Cool Ghoul was given to him by Dick Clark. Nice dick. <laughs> Bang up job on that name choice. Just because you said dick, I had to do that. It was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he was known for horror comedy hosts. So you had Vampire, she was creepy, and she had some little puns, and it was nice. And this guy was full on about like 
being silly and funny. His big thing that he did that hadn't been done before, and he ran from 1957 to 1965, was he would insert himself into movies, any, especially any Bela Lugosi movies. I'm Count Dracula. There would be a cutaway, you would see him throwing something, and then it'd come back and Bela Lugosi's getting hit by what you thought Zachary threw. Or someone's running and opens a door, and instead of cutaway to a monster, it's Zachary in the shower saying like, can I help you? And this was huge back in the day, because people didn't do that. No. You don't do that? No. He was mocking everything. Yes. Yeah. He was finding moments in horror films where he could insert himself in places and make it comedy. When he was Roland, he had his, uh, his lived in a crypt with his wife, my dear. Um, I thought, hold on. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were just talking about his life and... Like, I didn't know you were talking about his character. So, like, he lived in a crib. And I was like, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> Your face. No, his character. His character. His character, Roland. When he was Roland. When he was Zachary, he was wearing a long black Undertaker coat. Um, and she was never seen because she was lying in a coffin. And he also had a lab assistant, Igor. Oh, um, <laughs> creative. I know. <laughs> Never heard so of that. much. But then when he became Zachary, it was a lot of the producers aired on the side of like goriness and showing fake severed heads with blood, essentially, while using mm. Hershey's chocolate syrup. So during like the cut ins, it was time for him to kind of be funny. He liked to do humorous stunts, such as writing a tombstone mm. or singing My Funny Valentine to his wife in her coffin. Me too. <laughs> The show ran for 92 broadcasts until 1958. I've never heard about him before, so I just learned something new. In 1965, he hosted a teenage dance show for three years. Wait, <laughs> Called what? Disco Teen. Oh my God, it's like hairspray. <laughs> it really is. And then in 1968, Zachary Lee moved to radio as a morning host for the progressive rock WNEW-FM. In the summer of 69, he became the station night broadcaster, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Those hours must suck. Those are terrible, but great for truck drivers. I'm sure they are aware of him. Oh, absolutely. Do you want to know how old he was when he died? How old? He was 98 years old. Oh, wow. Full fart. Lived a long life. 90. Well, so, so did Vampira, too. She died in 2008. Sure. Look it up. Okay. Let's see if Sarah's right. 2008, that's what I'm gonna... Is that your final answer? January 10th, 2008. Congratulations, Sarah, you are correct! Ding, 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 ding. Oh, she was 85. Holy Hey, you wanna know what's something fun about Zachary? What? He was the uncle of My Little Pony creator, Bonnie Zachary. Did he host that show, too? He, he probably would. <laughs> it comes up to our next guy that I, I really want to talk about. A California local. Only California kids late at night would be able to see him, and that is Sinister Seymour. Okay, dummies, February 5 at 5 o'clock, I'll be right here on 5 with some real bombs. You'll like them, I won't. Also known as Larry Vincent, but Sinister Seymour was his horror host persona, I guess. He mm -hmm. was an actor who had a very gaunt king face. He started off, I think, in vaudeville. And the really cool thing about Mr. Seymour is Gabby, we happen to work with his daughter. What? Yes. Have you been hiding? Who's his daughter? Diane Vincent. What? What? The woman who works at Universal Studios with us, named Diane Vincent, is the daughter of Larry Vincent, a.k.a. Sinister Seymour. So once I found this out and she was talking about her dad in the break room, I slid over my chair and was like, excuse me, what? Because at this time she was talking about Quentin Tarantino reaching out to her family because when he was filming the movie, uh, the, the 70s one that just came out with Brad Pitt, Leonardo once DiCaprio. Upon a time in Mexico? Once, a, once Upon a Time in Mexico? 
Mexico. <laughs> Once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh my bad. <laughs> uh, the you know that movie. Sorry, my brain doesn't work because I'm Mexico. Cinco de Mayo just happened. I don't know. <laughs> Their producers called, and he really wanted L.A. to feel like L.A. back in the 1970s at this time. Uh-huh. And so, what was the horror host at that time was Sinister Seymour. So he wanted a poster or a footage of it, and he was contacting Diane's family because he's like, it is so hard to find footage of Sinister Seymour. Like nobody could find it. I think the studio that he was currently with at that time uh like just got rid of it mm-hmm. just blew it up burnt it up whatever <laughs> fired it <laughs> gone. Um, gone so to the point where quentin couldn't find any footage of it and he wanted his footage just a little clip of it to be on television while leonardo DiCaprio was watching t- television like late at night and so he contacted the family and diane was like gee i don't i don't know if i have anything so she went in her garage and she was sifting through everything and she found a box and mind you the garage has been hot oh yeah it gets hot in california and she finds and she finds these old films that she had no that idea that it was in there and she gets it set up and finds somebody to put it on i don't know what do you call those things something to put on the projector film. the yeah. rolling thingies and there it was <laughs> there was her father on camera as sinister seymour on the fright night and welcome to Seymour's special Halloween edition of Bright Night. And she actually had footage of it that nobody else has. And I think she still has a couple things in like t-shirts and hats and stuff from different eras. So she gave them the footage and rights. And that's why there was like posters of him in the Once Upon a Time in mm-hmm. Hollywood. That's all from Diane and her sister. We literally work with a horror host daughter. My and jaw can't stop because yeah. I love Sinister Seymour and I didn't know. Yes, this. I didn't know. But yeah, Larry Vincent, gonna walk by Diane me and I'm just going to be like, <laughs> well, when you look at her, you could see it, <laughs> but you could see her sister looks just like him. Like there is very similar bone structure going on. I'm like, oh my God, I see it. And so he did die early because of stomach cancer. Mm-hmm. What was your guy's name? Oh, Zachary. Zachary. Okay. So he did like the green screen punny stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So Seymour was known more for like heckling. He would insert himself in like a little yeah. picture bar. Somebody would say something and he would come in and the little pop-up of his face mm-hmm. would show up and then he would go out. That's what he was known for. He was right. like the heckling host. And he did the same thing. He had Fright Night and there was another thing that he was on his channels was Seymour's Monster Rally. Then a special Mother's Day treat, the mummy. Was oh, the other one that okay. he did. And he would do the same thing too, like the other horror hosts. They would have like funny skits and stuff and talk about it. And of course, the main core of it was to make fun of any horror film that they were making fun of. Make us laugh, clown. Mm-hmm. He used to do it live at local theaters. And then eventually in his career, he got asked to go to Knott's Berry Farm because around yeah. this time, Knott's was starting what, as we know today, that is still going on today? Not Scary Farm. Not freaking scary farm not scary farm he was their ghost host is oh, what they called him my god yeah he was the ghost host for not scary farm and not scary farm if you guys are california <laughs> gnarly everybody knows not scary farm yeah. it's a huge haunt that goes on at this theme park and it's been going on for years but he was one of the og hosts in it wow and then unfortunately his untimely death like i said you could find some things online on youtube about him but it's just hard to find and that's sinister steamor but when he died that same channel that he was on mm-hmm. guess who took after him when they were looking for a tv spot yeah think- we'll get to her 
later. Isn't that interesting? Well, my brain is blown. And it's like when I found uh, another person we work with, Jimmy DeFilippis, is Garf. Oh, one of my Stay Tuned. Yeah, yeah, one of my favorite movies that I made you watch. Party Turley, Garf. Party Turley. Okay, all right. Um, and then I realized, I was like, who's Garf? And I was like, oh, my God, I work with him. Before we get to the person that eventually took over that role, another very famous host, Svengooli. Svengooli. Uh. Oh, oh, don't let that one go to the machine. I think it's a call from the inner sanctum. Well, no, no, it's not that. Uh, he started in the 70s, and he's been mm-hmm. played by several people, essentially. He was originally played by Jerry G. Bishop from 1970 to 1973. Before Richard Knox, Cox, I'm, uh, Cox, I'm so Cox, sorry. Cox, 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 Cox. Cox succeeded him in the role from 1979 and on. Okay, I'll be absolutely honest. I didn't know there was another one. Oh, yeah. I, they just, they pulled a goddamn Houdini on us. That Houdini. I didn't know. Well, because that, that outfit, you could put anybody in that and I would believe it. Other than just kind of the, the heftiness a little bit. Right? Hefty, hefty, hefty. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Hefty. Wimpy. And before and after commercial breaks, Fenguli presents sketches, tells jokes, and performs parody songs related to the films being aired. This show is a long-running local program in Chicago area. And all that jazz. And ears expanded nationally, airing on Saturday nights on MeTV. But it's something that I came across when I was just going through YouTube years ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, who's this Finn Gooley? Right. He With makes his my weird top up. hat and curly black hair. And he was, I'm not going to lie, out of all the sets to be for horror hosts, I think he had the most elaborate at one point in time. Oh, yeah. Huge, huge set. And he had like a crap ton of props and stuff he could yeah. use at his disposal. But I think for him, he did horror, but he also had a lot more science fiction films. Right. So that was kind of what helped him stand out. Richard Cause, when he took on the role as son as Finn Gooley, um, and he pre- portrayed him until 1986 and then the show was canceled but in 1995 uh cause was set to bring back the show and bishop told him he was all grown up and he couldn't and he could drop the son from his character name so then he became svengooly because you know he was a grown-up tia durwood the dummy svengooly and durwood well, then he had a wooden ventriloquist dummy. Like, he made sure he had everything that he could have. The funny thing about uh, Sven Gulli is he just showed up on Joe Bob Briggs recently. Welcome to the first annual Joe Bob Briggs Dust to Dawn Friday the 13th Marathon. I didn't see it, but I was on Instagram and I followed Joe. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, <laughs> popping up Sven Gulli, they had him as like a guest host or something like that. So if you guys also don't know, Joe Bob Briggs is another horror host Excellent that segue. is still on air today with mm-hmm. Shudder. He has his own interesting form of comedy and he's outside of like a trailer park, kind of like a simple man. I remember I used to watch because uh, it was on TNT, TNT and it was Monster Vision with Joe Bob Briggs. It was a 96 to 2000. Sitting outside his trailer park with his beer and his TV and we're going to watch some really bad horror movies and science mm-hmm. fiction and it would cut away and he'd have a couple puns and he'd be like, man... Can you believe these people? Great pun, dude. You used the pun right. As someone that grew up in Texas. Yeehaw. So not the richest part. This one's dirt poor. It was very nice <laughs> to see that. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is great. You have a whole different type of 
host. There wasn't really a lot of gimmicks or puppets or anything going on. It was just a man sitting in the lawn chair in front of his trailer drinking his beer talking about a movie. Some of you weird beard viewers of this show even still keep your old VHS cassettes. What is that about, people? But let's really talk about someone that was also really good with B-movies who eventually took over Sinister Seymour. Sarah, who was that? Me again. Yeah, just uh, guys, she looks so good for her age. <laughs> you wish! Yeah, in 1981, it says, six years after the death of Larry Vincent, who starred as host Sinister Seymour of Los Angeles Weekend Horror Show called Fright Night, Fright show producers Night. began to bring the show back, and they were looking for a host, this time a female. I, I believe it was Universal, um, and they were looking for a nighttime horror host. At this time, Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. Elvira, uh, before she was Elvira, Mr. the Dark, her name is Cassandra Peterson, was an actress. She went to Groundlings School. And fun fact about her, too, Groundlings, if you guys don't know what that is, that is a comedy improv school. Comedy, comedy, comedy. That is very, like, well-known here in L.A. And it's where a lot of people from SNL and Matt TV go. Van down by the river! And then they get discovered there, then they get put on those TV shows. So basically, it's a school for comedy, funny, mm -hmm. funny, funny improv people. And it's hard to get into and it's hard to stay in. So she was part of that, but who she was part of that with was Paul Rubens, a.k.a. <laughs> Pee-wee Pee Herman. Herman. And they went to the same school at the same exact time. They were very good buddies. Like, if you watch Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Elvira is in it. And yeah. she's in the bar scene with her red hair. I say you let me have him first. <laughs> she was doing a, probably a showcase at some kind of show Ground, yeah. at Groundlings, and she was playing like this ditzy, bubbly character. Character that is mm -hmm. mostly seen in more of the dumb blonde. And I guess a producer from said place mm -hmm. saw that and was like, hmm. we could do something with that. Can you come down for this audition? I think she created her entire freaking costume. It was awesome from like the subculture of punk. So once this character came out of this idiot kind of dumb mm -hmm. persona with this big boob, kind of bimbo, it just... It stuck. And she went in just like that and I guess nailed the audition. Nailed it! They had, uh, they reached out to Vampira, Myla, to help revive the Vampira show. And she was worked on the project for a short time, but quit when the producers would not hire Lola Falana. A station sent out for a casting call and Peterson auditioned. And also, because of her look, and I think it was also like, oh, here's, just because you were talking about the costume, she and her best friend Robert Redding. Are you all right? Yeah, I think so. How's your head? Came up with the sexy punk mm -hmm. vampire look after producers rejected her original idea uh, where she looked like Sharon Tate's character in The Fearless Vampire Killers, which is the red the, hair. The red hair mm -hmm. and very. You've seen my dress. Beautiful, isn't it? Pretty. And they're like, nah, nah, fool. We ain't want that. I don't know why they became that way. Her look was so similar to Vampira that Vampira eventually ended up suing her. <laughs> Objection! And she lost unfortunately. But I do notice, I'm not gonna lie, mm -hmm. there are similarities. And I do recall Vampira saying unpleasant dreams, which is Elvira's, Elvira's big outro. Unpleasant dreams, darlings. But I feel like the company felt like they owned it, mm -hmm. other than Vampira herself. So she tried to get her on likeness, but the likeness was so different and right. more campier, I guess, as they were saying. Here, Willie. Take my cane. And the shitty thing is, well, not shitty, it's kind of funny in hindsight now, is what she says is she didn't own anything of Elvira at the time. Right. Like, at all. I don't know how much she was getting paid a week to do Elvira, but it wasn't much. Like, I want to say maybe 500 bucks a week, Dang. if if that. Cheap. 
bastards. This is how smart freaking Cassandra Peterson is. So she didn't own anything of Elvira at first, right? Mm -hmm. She came in with her look, that's it. She was getting paid scrap money, okay? So every year, she said, she goes, every year I went in at my negotiations and I would ask for more money. And they told me no. And she goes, okay, well, instead of more money, can I get the rights to just a little bit more of the rights? And they gave her it. And they were like, yeah. So every year she would ask for more money. She would get denied more money, get denied more money, get denied. But she would always ask for, okay, well, more rights than for my character. Mm -hmm. Sure, we'll give you that. We'll give you that. Eventually, it happened so much. By the time she finally asked for more money and they denied her, she owned pretty much all of Elvira. Wow. And then took it. Clever girl. And I find that absolutely fascinating because that takes a smart woman because right. you're like, fine, if you're not going to pay me, I will freaking own this character where you can't do shit. Right. Because so many people thought she was dumb because of how she played the character. Okay. Just because I act dumb, I'm not dumb. Some of the dumbest, smartest people can play dumb because they the know exactly. Some of the smartest people are play dumb and smart. smart. That sounds like poetry. She ended up owning all of the, the rights to Elvira and then, who, I mean, nobody knew that she would go from late night time television and skyrocketed into public television of TV to the point where she became like an icon herself. She did commercials that we would always see around mm -hmm. Halloween time. That Elvira here, mistress of the dark and sometimes surfer babe because Coors Light is the official beer of Halloween. She did at all. I know a lot of people that are major, major Vampira fans. Usually people who like the band The Misfits oh, love yeah. Vampira. Love her. Mm -hmm. And everybody from mm, 1880s. 1880s. Oh. <laughs> Queen Victoria handicap. Uh, from the 1980s and up are very familiar with Elvira. I mean, there's action dolls of her everywhere. Right. There are mouse pads with her boobs on it. I got one at my desk. <clears throat> nice boobs. Oh. Gabby. Oh, Gabby. What? Sarah. Gabby. Sarah. Okay, in like the 2000s. <laughs> your face <laughs> I would do this today if she ever fucking did this again. But in the like early 2000s, she had a TV show mm -hmm. that was called Finding the Next Elvira. <gasps> the search for the next Elvira. They were going to kind of pull a Svengoolie now mm -hmm. that we know this. Uh, that guess at this time she was being told, You're done and they needed to find a new Elvira mm -hmm. lookalike, basically. Somebody to take on the Elvira role and put on the wig and put on the outfit. And it was a whole competition show that happened, which I think is stupid. Like, I don't want to see right. another person play over. I would rather just see another host in general. That's just my personal the opinion. search for the next Elvira. Right? And, but honestly, <laughs> if they did it again, my ass would be first at the door and they'd be like, get out. I'm like, I understand. And then, but like, I, I understand. Honestly, <laughs> I would be there in a fucking heartbeat. I would try my damn damnest to impress that woman. Um, <laughs> I understand. But clearly it didn't do anything because, you know, I think the girl won and then she was like a host for like a small time, didn't like a parade. And then Elvira was like, actually... <laughs> I'm not done, because I still look fucking fantastic. Plastic surgery, huh? And I'm just going to keep on trucking. And then, of course, Elvira was at Knott's Berry there Farm as well. I was well, waiting for that connection! With Sinister Seymour. So basically, she kind of followed more of, out of everybody, I would say, the look of Vampira, but Seymour's mm -hmm. uh, kind of career path, yeah. if that makes sense. She kind of had that hybrid also of putting Zachary, of mm. like the jokes when you would come back right. from the show and she'd be like oh hi huns and like would throw something like something. a head and be like oh ugh, right. don't you just hate the dead and blah 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 whatever pun that was a bad pun 
That wasn't even a pun. I'm gonna go home now. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Get off the stage, you dick! She just capitalized on herself. Empire. <laughs> and I buy it. I'd buy it. I have a fucking seven foot. I know you do. Cardboard standee in my goddamn closet. If they closet. watch our YouTube videos, they'll see her in the background. Right. But the thing that was my problem is growing up, little old me. I'm like, oh, I could never, could never be like her. Like I could be funny like her, but I can't look like her. I never connected with her. I just loved her and I was like, good for her. Good I'll for never her. be that. But maybe I could be her backup dancer one day. Good luck. And Tried to audition for her not show as a dancer when I first moved out here. Five, I got pretty far. Six, seven, um, and then we went to the, the final callback mm -hmm. and I just full on was like, I have to go now. Goodbye, goodbye. Because I'm not, I'm afraid of success, not failing. So I uh, thought, oh, if I got this, I'm going to have to commit and I might see her and she might come to stage and be like, who are you? You're bad. And then I'm like, I have to go now. That anxiety of mine's great. <laughs> You're not normal. We had friends, too, that were in that show, and they would say something along the lines of, like, during the Knott's Berry Farms show, this is a live show that's happening, she would forget her lines, she would be a little slushed on stage, <laughs> and she would skip her line completely that the, the next act would just already begin. She's like, well... <laughs> like, I'm way off the script. But nobody cared because... It's Elvira. Elvira. It's Elvira. No one cares. You get to say anything to her. How dare you? I'd like to think that's my life. Now, a fun thing too about her, her movie that she came out with, you know, Elvira. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> you know, you know that movie, Elvira. Uh, when she was doing, I think it was WB that was. That's awful. I was gonna say W. Well, at least she filmed on the WB lot. That's okay. what I know. She was filming that movie, and they kind of ran out of money, and the studio didn't want to pay for any more of it to the point where her and her husband had to fund the rest of the fucking movie herself Dang. at the very end. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. yeah. That town is the same town of uh, Monster Squad. Two. It's the Monster same exact Squad. town. If you really look at it, it's the same town as the Muppet movie. Same town. Like, it's all there. It's all WB backlot, which is really cool. I loved Elvira. We love her. We have that established. I was frightened of the Crypt Keeper. Hey, I'm the Crypt Keeper. Like his music. And then the laugh. <laughs> my mom and my brother loved, 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 loved Tales from the Crypt. And I just wanted to be next to them. But every time they would play that, I would hide behind the couch or I would bury myself in my mom's back because I didn't want to hear. I didn't want to hear the intro music or when he pops up and laughs at the end. <laughs> yes. So I had to wait until when he was finally talking. And once he was talking and he was like dressed up as a director or like action, you know, having a conversation with Norman Bates mom. That's when I was like, this guy's this puppet's funny. I like him. From the it's an anthology. It ran from 1989, July 10th, 1989, to July 19th, 1996. Mm. Would you consider Vincent Price to be a horror host? Wonderful. That is a most difficult question. I would. He wasn't like a host host, but I'm sure he hosted some like late night things or like movies or macabre. Like when you think of Vincent Price, you don't think of like, oh, that's a Hollywood actor. You're like, that is a horror just icon. icon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's just an icon. Just his self, his tall stature. How tall was he? Oh my God. 6'4. Six, 6'4. Four. Six, four, yeah. That's a huge bitch. Would you consider Christine McConnell a horror host? Welcome to From the Mind of Christine McConnell. Think about that. 
She's not the typical horror host of like late night macabre movie stuff because nobody really is doing that right now. Right. We have Dead Meat James. Mm-hmm. I think we're Dead Meat. Mystery on, Science 3000. Well, Mystery Science 3000 came out, what, 1980s? 80s, 80s. So we have that. And then, yeah, there is a reboot with mm-hmm. it. Answer your question, pardon me, yes. Because I feel like a horror host doesn't have to just host movies. Right. Or shows. It's hosting anything into that world of macabre. I would absolutely consider that as a horror host. Even when she had uh, her show, which I loved it so Christine McConnell's Curious Creations. It was so good. That right there, yes, it was a show, but she was the host. Like, the puppets really held it. Yeah, puppets. And she was the straight guy. Which for most hosts, they're more of the comedic timing. Mm-hmm. So I like that it was flipped. So yeah. Yes, Sarah. I do consider Christine McConnell a horror host. Another one for the modern day, the one that I was trying to find, <laughs> uh, was Vanessa Decker. She's got really cool, like, Cruella de Vil hair, like black and white. Okay. And I follow her. She's got 111K followers. Holy <sighs> mac. Wow, big deal. She's famous. She does, like, a lot of kind of, like, movie reviews, kind of, like, just kind of, like, horror-based stuff. And I don't know if she works with Shudder or not, but she gets invited to a lot of things, and it's really fascinating. I've seen her. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I knew her name. I, I, I dig her. But I follow her, Dead Meat James, definitely. Yeah. Especially if we're talking about um, the YouTube people. Now oh, that, yeah. You know, that's a the huge culture thing. goes, the subculture develops, and there are mm-hmm. so many now, like, self-created kind of horror hosts right. on there. Can't help to say that I didn't try that. Fail! But his whole thing is the kill count, which skyrocketed on YouTube. Welcome to the kill count! Fucking hell. I Brilliant, know. I dude. Watch it all the time. If you I guys don't do. know, Dead Meat does this thing on YouTube that's called the kill count, and he takes like horror movies and he literally discusses every single kill and counts how many kills are in the film and kind of discusses them and makes fun of them a little bit. And it's just fascinating. And who knew people cared so much about how many times Jason Voorhees <laughs> fucking wrecked somebody's life? <laughs> right. And what's fun with Dead Meat James is looking at one of their first videos. Mm-hmm. of just how the setup was mm-hmm. of just like a split screen and they're in a tiny room and, they, and now it's like this huge set that they have huge. and the growth like it's just I like to watch the progression of everything <laughs> right no it's it's kind of it's encouraging and inspiring it's inspiring for sure but I would say those are our new horror hosts you know what I'm saying if you kind of want to put them that way I haven't really seen anybody take over it on Shudder. I know. Oh, God, what was her name? She was like a demon. Thick and holy demon of Sinai. She was on YouTube. She was part of Dead Meat James's kind of crew. She was like a purple pink demon only for like a season. They did it and she had like kind of like TikTok YouTube celebrities on her channel and they would discuss the movies that they were playing on that specific channel. Glamdora? Glamdora. That's her name, Glam Dora. I fucking loved her. Hello, Glam Jammers. Welcome back to my awesome YouTube show about me. I don't know why they stopped or if just something happened, but she was like a purple demon and she was like a dominatrix, de- like a succubus. That was her whole thing. And she would ask the, her guests like really inappropriate things. Like, let's talk about sex, too loud, you know? Like, and it was right. kind of hilarious for YouTube and very uh, adult humor out of all the horror hosts that I've seen. Very, very adult. Um, I, I, I miss her. Sex, so can we bring Glamdora back? I'm just gonna go into Dead Meat James's DMs and be like, excuse me, I know that you're famous for everything you do, but Glamdora? What is she? 
what happened to her. But yeah, who knows what's to happen next? Who's gonna be Who's the next? It? Who's the next horror host or some kind of version of it? You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're getting the YouTube age of it right now. But at the end of the day, we're excited to see what's to come and even still rewatch all the good stuff. Absolutely. You guys can find everything on YouTube. We can probably put links down below yeah. that you could watch or find on YouTube. Yes. We'll just, we'll find their videos for you. I want you guys and I encourage you guys to put in the comments who your favorite horror host is. I know there were others that we didn't mm-hmm. name that There's are a little lot. bit more small time. There's like this gypsy woman, I remember. You. Gypsy girl. Uh, I cannot remember her name. Clearly. Put it down if you think we missed anybody that you really like. And also, I almost kind of want to make a poll in saying, did Elvira copy Vampira? <gasps> what do you guys think? Do you think it was? This is the debate. I would say there's elements. My poll would be like Vampira or Elvira. Fight. <gasps> did you know that my grandma's name was Elvira? Yeah, you said that. I'm just, it's exciting. It's... <laughs> Okay. Great story, man. For those listening on any kind of streaming platform, head to our Instagram. We will have a picture on our feed and let us know who your favorite horror host is. Put a comment there. And those on YouTube, put a comment in the comments. And then answer Sarah's poll. Ride my poll. Hold on. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, creatures. I'm Grim Grinning Gabby. And I'm Pinup Palmer. Bye. Bye. So we Let's still don't do have we don't have that outro. Was it a see you? God, later. Suck. Mother. <laughs> Never gonna be famous. How about that? <laughs> <laughs>